Behind home plate, we bringing it to him all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Birdland. Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome once again to Section 336, Next Generation Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearing sitting host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Soroka, who hasn't changed his underwear since the Orioles last lost. Hey, Josh. Hey, I mean, yeah, it's an eight-game winning streak. We're the hottest team in baseball. I mean, you can't do anything. Yeah, they may I mean, never lose again at this rate. It was it was a long uh it was a long all-star break. But uh yeah, gotta gotta get through it. It makes it it's kind of cool because it does make it harder. I mean, we're talking it's been with the all-star break, it's been 12, 13, 13 days since the Orioles lost the game. Yeah. Right, we're going on two weeks. Yeah, and the and the um you know the Miami. I didn't realize Miami Marlins having a really good year. At least they were yeah. before they came to us. No, they've uh, been having a great year, which surprised me too. Until people started saying, "Oh, they're doing well," and I looked it up uh, last week during the break. I was looking it up, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, they're rebuilding. Their rebuild is working better than I expected as well." Yeah, they're having a nice year in a tough division like us. And uh, but we just took it to them. I mean, we took it to them for three games. That was three. And I know. Listen, if you are. Want to talk about run differential? Like maybe it wasn't there. I think we won three games by a total of what five runs. Uh, but it, it, it felt like well Today, maybe yesterday's game felt a little bit like well we snuck one out because it seemed like they always had runners on base and we maybe should have lost that one. But today's was a little right. Today's was a little tough there at the end. Yeah, today got silly at the end. That's it was do- domination until the end. Yeah. So well, it it and and that. You're kind of happy sometimes when some of this stuff happens. I'm not happy that we made it close, but part of me is happy because it's more evidence that when Batista and Cano, we're jumping right into this, but when Batista and Cano are unavailable to pitch, we're we're got there's a little weak spot there. So and it's all, but we also know if it wasn't if it was playoff games, they'd be available. Right, but we, we still got to get through the rest of the season. Yeah, I know, I know we do, but yeah. but. When you once you took the series, I think you felt pretty good about all right, let's let's rest on a Sunday and we put out the B squad and we still got through it. Yeah, thanks to thanks to Cobb Radish. Um and, and now we they're available to pitch tomorrow. Grayson will be there, yeah. LA Dodgers. Um yeah, I was just I'm going to the game uh, tomorrow. I was just reminiscing with dad about, you know, talking about the Orioles' first World Series win against the Dodgers. I know what expect us to win, and we got the first World Series, and Dad was a kid. So some throwback stories there. So I know Dad's pumped about playing the Dodgers at Camden Yards, and oh, I'm I, pumped I, because I, just the situation, the two hottest teams in baseball, Grayson pitching, the division. I, it's just it, – it doesn't get better than this for July baseball. I looked up some last-second flights to see if I can come join you and, and <laughs> Dad. I, I looked. Unfortunately, uh, flights need to come down in price. They're way too expensive. They need to make it so that I I can easily make a day trip up and back for these games. Yeah, well, they they better come down by October. I know, I know. Su- su- summer is the most expensive time to fly, though, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're gonna need a flu a few flights in October. Every week, the percentage chance that we're gonna need some October flights increases. I believe the thing I sent you this week was said what seventy five percent chance the Orioles make the playoffs. Yeah, I bet it's up to I bet it's higher than that now because that was a couple of days ago. And every time you win, it goes a little higher. Yeah. Right I mean, now, it's at 83%, by the way. That's 83%. That's good. Wait, you know what's so disrespectful? The Tell Yankees me if it's disrespectful. Where are the Yankees? Well, they're at 44. Okay. All right. Good. Which that's makes okay. me happy. I was driving back. I've been doing a lot of driving, and I have some issues now with driving. I, I've been spending, what, the last three weeks on the road a lot. I've been listening to a lot of radio. Me and Scott Garceau have been hanging out a lot on the radio. I don't. Since oh, I'm in Georgia, I never listen to games anymore, just because you watch them all. But yeah. when you're Maryland, you know you're driving around, you just turn the game on. But I don't do that in Georgia. Okay. But right. I, anyway, on this drive, I've been listening to a lot of Skyguard. So, but 
today I was driving home. I went to the Fredericksburg Nationals game when they were, they were playing the Lynchburg Hellcats. They won on a walk-off, Space Jam Day. It was fantastic. Their stadium was built just three years ago, a fantastic stadium right there in Fredericksburg. What did, what did they do for Space Jam Day? Well, it's Space Jam weekend, actually. So yesterday, they wore all their Space Jam uniforms. Okay. Special Space Jam u- u- uh, uniforms. That could be cool. Yeah, and today they gave out a Space Jam's T-shirt. Um, and also, like, the on the scoreboard. Well, that's not a T-shirt. That's a basketball jersey. Yeah, yeah basketball jersey, I mean. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The Rays, the Rays last year, I believe, did the basketball jerseys, like a Tampa Bay Rays version basketball jersey. And to me, that's like a little tank top like that is way cooler than these soccer jerseys. Yeah, a lot of people want the soccer, Josh, though. A lot of people like soccer. No. I know it's not our thing. It's something different. Um, and they also had like on the scoreboard when the players were up, instead of pictures of the players, it was like the monsters and a picture of a monster with the stats. And when the when the nationals were up, a picture of the a Looney Tune, yeah, with, with, the, with the stats. And Silas was so confused because he's never seen or heard of Space Jam. So he's like, why is there oh, a pick up there for that batter? Why didn't you prepare him for this by, like, showing him Space Jam or something? I know. I, I realized. definitely old enough for Space Jam. I thought for some reason, like, he'd already seen it. Um, but then when we got there, I realized, no, he has no idea what's going on. So I that's a, a, a cultural moment that I've missed as a father to fill him in on. So now, Josh, just your quick recommendation. Yeah. Do I watch the LeBron James one with them, or do I watch the Michael Jordan one with them? The Michael Jordan one is way better. The, I never I, did. Did you watch the LeBron James? One? The LeBron James one is good for a certain age group because it's got more cultural references that yeah. they can relate to. Yeah. So it was. Yeah, the LeBron James one, it's okay. The original one's the best. Yeah. I don't mind the LeBron one. Can I also, while we're at it, can I make a couple notes about driving? And then okay. we'll go back to the Orioles yeah. talk. All right, Space Jam driving. Eventually, we'll get to Orioles. Yeah, it's not like we got any talk about the Orioles anyway. No, but you said something it's, surprised you about this uh, postseason playoff odds. But we'll get to that after your driving talk. Oh yeah, the, I'll come back to that. I forgot I even talking about that. I'll come back to the postseason playoff odds, which is I find shocking and appalling, and I think actually offensive and disrespectful. But I'll get back to that. Um, no, the can I just say a, a couple things? First of all, when you know, um, I'm I'm pulling off to go to gas stations and pulling off to go to fast food places. Okay. Yeah. You know how they have these blue signs with the f- yes. restaurant on them? Yes. I don't know. Everybody probably is aware of this. I've just been outraged by this anew. I, I we went to one the, the the other day, Josh, and once you pulled off, it was four and a half miles to that, the re- to to the fast food you place. Know, that's where a there was of, a sign right there. There should a be a limit of, of like yes. two miles. You know that, that thing has to be. If they're going to be a sign on the highway, you can't be four and a half miles away. I was wondering about this because, yeah, that's complete crap. It should be under one mile. Would be my rule. Oh yeah, rule would be under better. one mile. I think even it really better. should. This be, took like, me fifteen minutes off the it way. It really should be. When I see that blue sign and pull off, I expect to be able to see the restaurant while on the ramp. Yeah. Do you think? And I know a quick Google search would get me this answer, probably. But those blue signs. Do you think the restaurants pay for those? Like, oh, is they that must ad? because... And is that how you get on? Yeah, they must because not every restaurant's included. Right. So it's like, do you get? Do you have to pay to get featured on that? Because I pulled over for a Crackle Barrel and four and a half miles to the Crackle Barrel and I went past like four other restaurants to get to the Crackle Barrel that weren't on the sign. All right. All right. Yep. You have to pay for the, you have to pay for the sign. Yeah. Well, they got now, me. Got me. This is an article from 2020, and it says that Virginia makes $6 million off of those blue signs from restaurants. And mm. then Don't tell John Angelos. He's going to get into the Yeah. It says, it says Tennessee makes about $8 million. Yeah, right. And he uses those two as examples, I guess, because they're big drive-through states. Yeah. Um, but we got to make some blue signs. Yeah. That's, yeah, we should get into the business of blue signs with logos on it. It's just like the sponsor highway signs. I always wonder who makes that money because all right, this sign, this road is sponsored by uh, Lido Pizza, but I don't see people in Lido uh, uniforms picking up trash on that highway. Mm, is there is there a responsibility that comes with being a sponsor? Like, are you responsible for the maintenance of that part of the highway in terms of trash pickup? Uh, I thought that's what it's about. 
Yeah, if I see trash and I see sponsored by, I think badly about that company. They they can't take care of their own portion of the road there. It's the adopt the highway signs. Yeah. So, but I I started that because all that the origins of this story because you mentioned the Yankees and I listened as they blew a five three lead in the ninth and then ended up losing. I think it was in the twelfth inning, eight seven and with a walk off home run against the Rockies, which you know made me so happy to just listen to that on the radio. Um. So I really enjoyed that. But no, the thing about the standings that I found shocking and appalling and offensive okay. as far as the percentage, Josh, we are 83.3% chance, according to fan graphs, of making the playoffs. Okay. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. I like those odds. I'll take 80. I mean, yeah, I'll take those odds. They haven't been those odds in forever. Yeah. But but here are this odd. We stand a game outside of first place. Okay. We also have, I'll just point this Second out. Second best record. We have one, League. yeah, one less loss than the Rays as well. Right. So we've actually lost less games than they have. Yes. What would you say our percentage chances to win the American League East? I'd say see, here's where here's where the odd makers are gonna screw with you. Because I don't know how they figured these odd makers out as far as strength of schedule, but strength of schedule will say that our schedule is harder than the Rays schedule because the Rays schedule is easier because they have to play the Orioles. Which is crazy. So they yeah. will say strength of schedule. They will they will give the Rays a better odds. Sure. Um, yeah. Sure. The Rays are better. So odds. I would say the and they're in first place right now. Right. So um, so you're saying eighty eight percent to win to get into eighty three percent to win the to to make the playoffs. What percentage chance do the Fangraphs gives us to win the division? I would go with sixty hmm, percent. Okay. Do you think this is offensive? When I, I'm going to tell you the number, and I think this is offensive. You tell me if you're offended, and I think you will be offended based on that number. The, the number is 17.7. Um, Tampa Bay, 67% chance to win the division. Blue so, Jays, 11.9, us 17.7. What side are you looking at? It's called fangraphs.com. All right. Have you right, heard hold, of it? All right. No, but here we go. I'm on, uh, I'm on baseball reference. Okay. That's another site. All right, baseball that reference gives us 88.3 chance to make the postseason. A little higher than fan graphs. Um, it gives the Tampa Bay Rays a 99.7 chance of making the postseason. Okay, it's 98 on fan graphs. All right. Um, here, you want to be offended. What do you think they have as the Orioles' uh, percentage of win, may, winning the division? Well, this is 17.7 there. I assume that it can't be lower than 17.7, so I'll Four, say it's 25. 14.8. Yeah, isn't that offensive? Yeah, that's completely <laughs> offensive. It's completely <laughs> offensive. <laughs> We're a game behind first place. All right, but going, out, going further, look at chances to win the World Series. We'll go all the way to the end. The Rays, 16.6. The Rangers, 13.5, leading their division. Right. What do you think the third team in for chance to win the World Series? In the American League? In the American League. At um, 6.5. So, uh, what, probably the Astros? Uh, the Astros come in at 3.1. Okay. Did you mention, you mentioned Tampa Bay and Texas? Yep. Um, and then Astros. Um, the Twins are leading their division. They're at 3.1. Yeah. What is it Toronto? Toronto has six point five, even though they're behind the Orioles who have their three point two chance to win the World Series. Yeah, they're five games behind the Orioles. Yeah. Um so you gotta you gotta get in the playoffs first if you want to win that World Series. Yeah. I mean it's also gonna be interesting now. I what what do these odds look like a month from now when all the teams have had their go? At the trade deadline, upgrading the rosters. How does that right. shake things out? Because um, it's close, and maybe I, I, I guess I would assume they they don't build into this model teams upgrading. No, um, they don't. They don't. And I don't even know. That's what I wonder about. How strength of schedule is strength of schedule based on it has season projections? No, it has to be adjusted as the season game. goes on. I think it must be adjusted each game. You have so to. You, yeah. you think at some point they adjust that? Okay, the Orioles are better than we projected. Yeah, I think they adjust that daily. Daily, but but I uh, guess but with I, odds makers you have to. But I mean, it's it's still great odds to gamble on the on the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah, I mean, I saw someone predicted uh, or the odds had us of winning 
like 500, you know, half our games for the second half of the year, even after we well outperformed that in the first half. So, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I think the 17% and the 14% to win the division now feels insane. But then if we go on a three game losing streak, right. you know, it's, it's, I feel like we're, we are victims of the moment here. I, and now the moment where, I, I just can't imagine I was ever losing the rest of the season. So certainly we have a better than 70% chance of winning right. the division. I think the more interesting stats when we're looking at these postseason stats is chance of making the postseason to look at teams like the Oakland A's uh, less than 0.1. The Royals less than 0.1. The White Sox 1%. The Tigers 3%. The Angels 3.1%. The Mariners 7.4%. The Guardians, 15%. I think those guys that are under 20%, those are the ones that you really look at and be like, all right, who on those teams do we want? Because those teams will sell. Those are your American League teams that have given up and they're out of it. Yeah, I, I, I think the GMs look at that too, right? And say, No, totally. I think you could, even, you could throw the Red Sox in there at 21%. Yeah, and they, I'm, I'm, Mike Elias mentioned this before. He has his own formula to yeah. look at wins. And so... Yeah. I think all these teams have an idea of how they project throughout. And so, yeah, I think the next two weeks are important, but I think we're already getting, as you point out with those numbers, a pretty clear idea and I, of, of who's going to be selling and who's going to be buying here. Right. We talk about all the time about how now with the playoffs, there's more teams in it than ever. And there are. But there's teams, like all those teams I mentioned, each of those teams has at least one good player that they're going to want to trade because they're out of it. Well, they I don't, don't know about I don't know about Oakland. I don't know about the Royals. Those are two teams. All I don't right. know if they have. I mean, maybe Chapman's already traded. I don't know. All right. Well, the, there might be a bullpen arm hide in there. The Angels, the Mariners, the White Sox, the Tigers, the Guardians, Red Sox. They all have at least one or two good guys to trade. Sure. And yeah. they're also and, got. Yeah, yeah and, you're, and you're not even including the the National no. League. So no, I look I, at the I, National I think there'll League, be plenty of sellers here at the deadline. Yeah. Yeah, National League. You bring in the Nationals. The Mets, Cardinals, Pirates, Rockies, Padres, all under 20%. Yeah. At some point, we got baseball has to have a discussion about, about the Padres and how much of a complete failure the Padres have been. For bringing in they, the Padres were supposed to win the World Series year after year after year. Yeah. Baseball is. It's funny because all and I mean, baseball, everyone in I mean, baseball is saying we need to have a conversation about the Orioles. I know not spending money, but Josh is like, we need to talk about the Padres spending too much money. Exactly, the Padres spend all this money, the Mets spend all this money, and they play like crap. Like, yeah, can we? But get, but Buster loves get that. off Buster. Buster loves that. Buster, he loves teams that spend off. money. It doesn't matter if they win or lose. He just loves them to spend money. Now, Buster, I know you loved Adley and you really focused on Adley and stuff for the All Star break. You gave the Orioles some love during the All Star break by focusing on some of their players, not focusing he, on the team. He loves the players, right? He loves the players, and yeah, but come on, we've got teams spending all this money and they can't even make the playoffs. That's a joke. Yeah, and that's 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 a problem. Um, you can Not talk about how the but, two best players in the world have been playing on the same team for what the past five years, and and don't make the playoffs. So uh, with Otani and Trout, like Otani has wait, Otani hasn't been on the Angels for five years. What four years? Um, yeah, four four it, years, four or five years. Um, so it's it's. I mean that's. I think that that's a bigger problem than than the Orioles, the tanking and, and people always. Uh, you're right. Out, it's been five years. Five, five years. years of the the best players in baseball, and they and the team's horrible. Um, despite trying and um and spending money every year to bring in Rendon and other pieces and trading for Bundy, um, we saw today how well that Bundy trade's working out for them. So. And it looks like this year too, it's going to be another um, miss and a miss on Otani. Um, but 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 Josh, it's it's really interesting how the Orioles have gotten here, and you can criticize them for a variety of things, but it's still remarkable how quickly 
Mike Elias has turned this thing around to the point now where an 80 plus percent chance to make the playoffs. And Mike Elias talked a little bit on uh, both the radio and TV broadcast a couple of days ago. And a couple, something he says always annoys me, but I'll, I'll try to let it go. But clearly the plan has up until this point, we're, I think worked better than anyone could, could have imagined. Yeah. Were we wrong last year and all off season? It's been a year. Well, it's been almost a year. August 3rd is when Michael Elias made the phrase that we all laughed at him for the past year, where he said, I think it's liftoff from here for this sure. year. Hashtag liftoff. Yeah. yeah. And we made fun of him about how you're not signing anyone in this offseason. Well, well not only that, but you didn't make any of these moves. Yeah. And then you trade Trey Mancini and Jorge you trade Lopez. Mancini away. Yeah. But, um, since August 3rd of last year, it's been liftoff. Yeah. It started actually before then. Since Michael, since Adley Rutschman came on this team. Yeah, it's, it's been liftoff. Baseball. Yeah. Like, we made fun of him all through the offseason for saying liftoff to the point that even in December, the stories were, oh, Michael Elias is trying to backtrack on the liftoff phrase where it was liftoff. It just wasn't a rocket ship. It was more of an airplane liftoff. Well, I think when the general manager, the president of baseball operations, and the guy in charge of the roster and personnel moves says liftoff, that implies like spending money and making moves to improve the roster. He's done it through promotions more than yes. trades and free agent signings. Yes. But it's been left off. We've gotten here. We're, we're, we've, we've gotten to the, we're on our but, way to the top. But but don't we you think it's, it's almost even despite him? Now he drafted and he set up the structure See, for these players to be successful. But as far as improving the roster now, I mean the roster is improved because of these young players, not because of anything he has actively except that kind of he, done in the except, past couple of years. Except he drafted all these young. He players. He did draft them, yes. So you got to give him that, and he gave them I, I all do. the tools in my in the minors to develop to this point. Yeah, Josh, I think if, more of more of in spite of him would be the 2012 Orioles where they just out of nowhere got good and and we praised Duquette. But I, I think I, I think I'm more thinking as fans, as podcasters, we expected liftoff. We always treated liftoff as it's, it's rocket zero to 100 instead of a plane that when you take a plane ride, that plane ride, it seems like it takes forever to get to full ascent. Yeah, And I think it's more of that that we've had. And, yeah, we didn't sign the big names. But now I'm looking at this stupid team, and I don't know where to put a big name. I yeah. like this team, and I'm like, yeah. all right, so if we make moves and we bring in a big starting pitcher, sure, I guess if we did it during the offseason, then we wouldn't have Irvin or Gibson. We could have a big name instead, and that would be impressive. But now I'm like, he did it. He did get lift off. Now, I don't want this plane to crash and burn. So if well, we got this, here in spite of Michael Elias, this plane could go down. But if he prepared all these guys for the ascent, and here we are, then I think uh, someone in the on Facebook just brought up Ryan Mountcastle. Like, Ryan Mountcastle's been bad this year. That wasn't the plan. So you got to imagine that not everything's gone perfect for the Orioles. Right. But before you jump somewhere else, Josh, um, as you as you want to do, the the idea of this, you hope it doesn't crash, I think that's part of Michael Elias' plan is, I don't want to call this team the Titanic. That would be a bad omen. But like yeah. this team is set up to be really good for a long time. Right. This play is supposed not to stay set up to, Yeah, it's not set up. I mean, the Yankees could crash and burn because they have a, aging players on high right. contracts yep. we are we are set up to to be really good and even if a prospect who doesn't work out we're so deep in our farm system doesn't even matter um and we're set up to be good without spending money for a long time which is also if you have no one who doesn't want to spend money so it's going to be it's hard to imagine this thing the wheels falling off it, right. it also points though to something that does does bother me and i'm going to give michael Elias a ton of praise in this episode and i always i think i'm so grateful Michael Elias came here and for all he's done the organization and he continues to do. 
the one thing that does bother me, and you touched on this, this is the slow rise of this yeah. team. Listen to his interviews. Tell me how many times he said the word, the, the words, World Series, right? Or win World Series. He I know. No. Care. He says competitive his whole baseball. Thing, his whole thing is playoffs. Yeah. And he I just want to get in the playoffs and then roll the dice. Playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. So but he's not he's fair. not the type of GM that's gonna go all in to win. Like his his whole thing is I'm gonna get this team good enough to make the playoffs every single year. Which hey, I, I, I mean that shouldn't be something to complain about because I would like to go to the playoffs every single year. Um, but it's just his it's his it's his kind of goal this yes. when he talks about it is in his mind is not to say we're gonna win the World Series, it's it's I'm, I'm going to get to the playoffs and then we'll roll right. the dice. And if I get the playoffs every year, certainly one of those years, you know, we'll, we'll make a run, which, which yeah, I get, which, but which is what, which is what we all, which is what we all praise the Baltimore Ravens for doing is yeah. they stay competitive. You get in the playoffs, then you, anything can happen. Yeah. And that's like, we want a so, team who perennial make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not, I shouldn't right. complain about I that. I mean, I will, I, we've seen teams go all in for the world series. And then they don't make the World Series. They age out. I don't want that. I want this team. You're right. If we can be in the playoffs every year, we're bound to get further at some point. I don't think we'll be the Buffalo Bills. But the Buffalo Bills made it to the Super Bowl four years in a row. They never won it, but they got there. Right. All we got to do is get in these playoffs every year, and we'll get the right matchup, and we'll get through. It gets true. It, it would get old if we always made the playoffs. But all we want right now is the playoffs. To wish right. for a World Series before you get to the playoffs is really tough. Right. So there could be an opportunity, for example, this trade deadline of making a big move to bring in an elite starter and give up some of your farm system. Yes. And I think Michael Lass would be very reluctant to do it because he's looking at playoff odds for this year, next year, the year after, the year after uh, that, the year after that. Yeah. Um, no, I think you're right. There's no reason to think he's going to trade away key pieces no we talked trade stuff a lot last week but yeah you're right it's whatever he is willing to trade is because he believes he has other spot other people that will be filling those spots better because he will not give up the future to win this year yeah he's not even a piece of the future yeah dan duquette dan duquette was different dan duquette's role (laughs) way was almost it goes back to saying in spite of him, Dan Duquette's way was if we got to this point and we were in the playoffs, all right, let's go all in this year. Then it fails. Then we have a really, we have a down year. We don't make the playoffs next year. We chance into the a playoff run. Let's go all in and try to do it. Yeah. It fails. I don't like that approach. I prefer the Michael Elias. Hey, let's get in there every year. Uh, the problem is it's been so long that we've gotten in that I can't wait for October baseball this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, Dave Dombrowski is another guy like that who, you know, Tigers and then I think what Phillies, and he's the guy you brought in to kind of trade all the way your farm system, but to get you a winner now. Um, that's not Michael Elias' style. And that's not working. It doesn't work wherever you do that. It doesn't work. Uh-huh. Look at the Mets. Steve Cohen tried to buy a team now, and it's not working. Yeah. I think... What makes what makes this Oriole special is the long range approach of liftoff. The fact that the reason that when Kowser gets up here, you've got Kowser and Gunner and Adley, uh, and they all mesh really well and blend really well, is because they've been playing for years together. You're not trying to bring all these stars from other teams together. These guys have been playing together forever. It's just like Matt when you and I get on a softball field together, we play better together than separate because we know each other. We've played so long. Mm. Neither this well, eight-game right. winning streak has just chugging the orange orange cool, no, no, cool, no, no. Kool-Aid. Wow. I'm saying but Josh, even like the like, Astros this is, brought in key pieces like Justin Ver, Verlander via trade. Yeah. Um like no, even I, even good teams. I mean, I, I, I if you look at the playoff teams, they're mostly higher payroll teams, right? Because they yes. spend money on those missing pieces. Right. No, no. The trade for those missing pieces. We have we have a really good core. We do. And then money. To strengthen the other edges of that core would definitely help and definitely help push us to that next level. Yeah. The question is, we wanted that during the offseason. I think maybe Michael Elias wasn't confident enough that it was liftoff yet to spend in the offseason. Well, 
I remember his interest in spring training when he was asked about kind of how fan graphs had them projected to win 70 some games or whatever. And he said, honestly, he said, we, we have a model and our model says we're going to win a lot more games than that. Like, right. we, we do not agree with the model fan graphs has or baseball reference, whatever it was. Like our model says we're going to win a lot more games. So I think he felt like this was a good team coming into it. Okay. Um, and if you think about it, you texted me earlier to ask kind of how we got here. And and my mind, of course, immediately goes to, I think the the story of this Orioles team begins, um, I mean, it really begins with Zach Britton in 2016 and not going in the game, right? Because the year after is when we tried to bring everybody back and it didn't work. And we lost yeah. 100 games. I think we lost like 90 I mean, yeah, think, That's a good and, point. Go back to what if we won that game? Yeah, it changes everything. And then 2018, like for some reason, some dumb reason, we tried to take more, one more run at it with Manny Machado in the core. And it was a disaster. And that's yeah. where we traded uh, Manny for for penny on the dollar. And we ended up losing something like 115 games. And then Showwatchers fired. Um, Daniel Kett fired, but but in some ways, um, it was a blessing in disguise because yeah. because of that, because of that kind of how Duquette mismanaged Manny Machado and how this whole thing kind of fell apart, it kind of brought attention to ownership. And there's a whole lot of drama with ownership. We don't I have mean, to revisit. It's really interesting. But there hasn't been drama with ownership during the Michael Elias era. Well, there has been originally. There was because they came out in that lawsuit, right? Brady okay, Anderson you're right. You're there. Right. We got to get Brady Anderson out. There was drama. drama. There. there was some drama um, there. I but, just think about the but, player drama that right. we had during the Duquette era. During the Duquette era, we had constant conflict that we would hear about between Buck and Duquette. Then we had the Nick Markakis leaving drama, the Adam Jones drama, the Chris Davis, we're not going to sign him. Oh, Angelo signed him behind Duquette's back drama. Then the uh, – am I missing something else? I don't or know. I just but, run out of steam. It was just – there was always something. Yeah, but the and, – and so, yeah. And so if you want to, and I think it's appropriate, Josh, at this point you give John Angelos a lot of credit. Um, you don't give John Angelos enough credit. You don't. For staying out of the way, hiring the right person. He hired you the know right what? person, Mike Elias. And he has stayed out of the way yeah. and let Michael Elias do his thing. He let him um, revamp the whole minor leagues. He let him get back into international signing. He let him build that complex international. Right. So, uh, You're right. Good job, John Angelos. Focus, keep focusing on the music. Yeah. That's the best thing you could do is let Michael Elias do his thing and just run concerts or whatever. But <laughs> if you go back and look at when they brought Michael Elias in, so you had a disastrous 2018 season. Right. And then you brought Michael Elias in. And here is here here is the, the typical lineup, um, or here is the positions um, in 2019. At catcher, you had Pedro Severino. Um, at first base, Chris Davis. At second base, Jonathan. At short, Richie Martin. At third base, Rio Ruiz. Uh, outfield, you had guys like Dwight Smith Jr., uh, Stevie Wilkerson, Trey Mancini. I'm waiting Santander for you to name. Was there you go. I was going to say I've been waiting for you to name one guy. That would still be on that, not because of age or anything, but because of quality of player, he would be on this team. Yeah. And then and, and, $10 your first one. Yeah. And he's really the, I mean, Austin Hayes was up there and Cedric Mullins were, was up there too a little bit. Um, but that's it. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Santander. Yeah. As, um, as far as the hitters and pitching wise, whew, I have to look at it. I think, I think the only guy left from the 2019 in there's 100 pitchers is John Means. Um, and actually, I think Michael Gibbons was on there, but he left and then came back. Keegan Aiken was after. Um, oh, Keegan Aiken was probably on there too. Um, I have to look real quick, but no, I don't see him on here either. Um, okay. Yeah. So it, yeah, so it's really just John Means, which is wild. Um, so if you think about, it, I mean, that's four years, which I know is long in baseball, but it's not that long, and to only have to turn over a roster so utterly and completely in four years. And it's not like also, by the way, can we just talk? There was nothing left for um, Elias to trade. Like he was able to make small trades like what Iglesias and he was able to trade Dylan Bundy. And we saw Bradish pitch. who's been pitching amazing. Um, I, I was on the D- D- Dylan Bundy trade, but he had, had almost no resources to trade from. And remember 2019 to 2022, there were so many 
waiver wire pickups. Like every day we had a new bullpen on the I was a waiver wire. We had just it was a team of waiver wire guys. Josh, do you know on this 40-man roster right now, how many guys got on this team via waivers? Oh, waivers. I would say on a 40-man, I'd say six. six. Yeah, it's five. All right. All right. Good. It's right. five. And 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 that's it. And as far as drafted, guys that we drafted. Um, oh, 10? 16. Okay. On the 40-man. 16 of the 40, we drafted. Yep. That's really high. Yep. Ten we traded for, seven for free agents, and two were Rule Five. Um, okay. And if you look at our, if you just look at our lineup now, it's just a bunch of top draft picks. Um, you know, leading off Gunnar Henderson, Ali Rutschman, both out of that first Michael Elias draft, two thousand nineteen, a draft of legends, right, 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 right there to get two superstars in one draft. That's uh, you make the Ravens comparison, right? That's a uh, Jonathan Ogden, Ray Lewis type situation there. Um, and then, of course, you have Santander Hayes and Serge Mullins, but all these other guys are new, and you have guys like Westberg, who are, again, drafted. I think he was 2020 draft, what Westberg was. Um, and the only remaining kind of waiver wire guys are guys like Mateo and Arias on the on the position player side of things. Um, and I wonder how long Mateo and Arias will be here to begin with. Like, it could be any day now. It could be a short order that we don't have any waiver right so, guys. Someone leaves tomorrow. Yeah. And in the bullpen, there's just really is is CNL Perez and Brian Baker are the two waiver wire guys in the in the bullpen. Oh, and Austin both too from last year. But it just shows that we're we're not we're not a waiver wire team. Most of those didn't hit actually. Most of the waiver wires end up not hitting. But this team has been fueled predominantly, especially on the offensive side, um, through the draft, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It, But that's where, you, again, it goes back to, do we disrupt that with making a big sign and to push us this year? Yeah, though interesting enough, and starting pitching-wise, Grace Rodriguez will get the start maybe today. I mean, um, to, 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 tomorrow. Monday. He's the only guy that was that was drafted in our starting rotation, right? Because Gibson, free agent. Cobb Radish came from the Dylan Bundy trade. Wells is a Rule 5 guy we got in 2020. And Dean Kramer came in that Manny Machado trade. Um, and if you want to throw Cole Irvin in there, he came obviously from the trade this offseason um, with the Athletics for Hernandez. So it's interesting. We've done it in the position player, but in the start rotation, we still have not drafted those guys. We're still kind of using duct tape, it feels like, a little bit to put that together. But yeah, that's it's just interesting how far we've come in so few years and – and we haven't even seen any of the um, international signings make it here yet. That's, that's not the same thing. That, yeah, that's a long time off. So. That, that, but it's on the radar. And so this has just been done four years almost exclusively. A couple trades in there, but almost but exclusively the through the draft, which is yeah. amazing that you can rebuild so quickly through the draft because it's just it takes so many, many years for players to develop. And we've seen year after year players miss that we've drafted. So it's just, it's really, really amazing. Not just a turnaround, but how, how it was done, not big free agent signings, not huge trades in return. Like we saw the nationals are rebuilding, but they have the help of being able to trade guys like Scherzer and trade Turner and Juan Soto. We didn't have that to kind of to trade from um, partly because of its own fault, but, but just predominantly Michael Elias has done it through the draft, which is really cool. It's a, uh, um, it's been really fun to watch because you get to see these players drafted, work their way through the minors, and then they're here. And it's not like they just showed up yesterday. Um, we've watched them for years, and now they're here. And the Orioles have done a great job with patiently developing them at each level. And we get to wait the anticipation of Grayson and right. Gunner and Westberg. And then they show up, and they're actually good from the moment they get here. It's been um, not just the fact that we're good, but how we've gotten good is pretty special as well. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see Gunner had a real slow start, but now he seems to be he now he's playing like the guy that was projected to be. I think, I think his slow his struggles early on had ruined his opportunity for rookie of the year. But oh, really? Playing. I haven't looked at all at that, but I I would find uh, that surprising that he's not still in top three for rookie I, of the year. I haven't seen it, but I know I don't know. I know he he did not have he had such a slow start that I don't I don't know what the current projections are, but I would think that. He'd have to have a pretty 
strong, like a exceptional back end. Yeah. To get in the running. Well, I mean, it, it helps too, and I'm just um, it, it it I'm just looking right now at the rookie of the year odds, and he's at plus three hundred, which is not bad. There's only two other guys ahead of him, um, Josh Young from the Rangers and Mr. Uh, Masataka Yoshida from the Red Sox, and then it's Gunnar Henderson. Um, and then there's a huge drop off after that. So he's still in top three. I think also the fact that did you uh, okay? Oh uh, yeah, he is top three at plus three hundred. Yeah, you so see who that. you see who's plus six thousand. Um, oh, Cano. Yeah, number ten, Cano. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue that Cano is. I mean, he's a reliever, so he's not getting any love. But no, I would argue he's he's more valuable than a lot of player, players on that list that are above him. But, um, but anyway, yeah, what, what it wasn't saying? a guy of showing up and like instantly like going great, just like Grayson. Grayson came up, he performed well, but struggled some. They sent him down. We hope now he can bounce back the same way Gunner has without Gosh, going up and down. What do you think about Grayson Regas struggled in the majors? So they sent him back down to the minors to figure things out. He pitched well there. Yeah. But it's not surprising. He pitched well there before. It's right. not, he's, he's dominated AAA. So I, I, but then, well, hold up. Yeah. Wait for it. But then you bring him up. And for his first start, you have him pitch the Dodgers. Against the Dodgers, yeah. one of the best hitting teams, one of the best teams all around in baseball. Yeah. Thoughts? There is something specific that you and Grayson worked on in the minors the past two months. Something that doesn't show up on a stat sheet of wins and losses in the ERA. Something about pitch selection or arm mechanics or something. Judge, there's, could, there's could something, this be- I think. What could this be a? I don't want to use the word tryout, but we have how many starts does he have until the trade deadline? Maybe three starts before yeah. the trade deadline. And if you're Michael Elias, you have to make a decision, right? Show it. Is our start rotation good enough? And I well, think if you have a top three of Bradish and Wells and Grayson going well, that's yeah. pretty good. If you have Bradish and Wells you and you don't Kramer? have Grayson, you see Kramer this weekend. I I know I know, but. If, if I'm going to play off must win game, yeah. I just don't like Kyle Gibson and Dean Kramer in that spot. Okay. So you want to see, you want to see how Grayson is going to perform against a great team. Yeah. Like I want to see if we need to upgrade at starting pitching in, in, in this uh, trade deadline, or if I feel like Grayson can do it. There's also weird things around pitch limits. And I think Grayson Rodriguez is, is a few innings away from hitting weighted last year. I don't know how much they're going to let him pitch, but I assume like you want Grayson there for the playoffs, and yeah. and so well, I think I think part of this is seeing how good is Grayson, and 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 do we need to upgrade starting pitching? I'm just I, I I say that I don't know if that's true. Maybe they don't care. I but think, a good Grayson changes the outlook of this ro- 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 rotation. How do you fit Grayson into this rotation? Oh, so easily. It's funny. I, it's so easy. I can Cole do it with my eyes. Cole Irvin to the pen. That's the simplest one. I think I also think Dean Kramer could be really effective from the pen. Yeah, I also think I think that's also a I think they're saying that, but I also think if you look at the schedule coming out, we have a lot of long stretches without off days. Right? So we got we got 9 games without an off day coming up. After that, it's another um 9 game stretch. It's like right. 3 9 game stretches in a row without off days. All right, so what's your point? that they might go to a six man rotation. Oh, I do a piggyback for one game every week. Yeah. I, I mean, certainly they're going to need to get, I think creative. If, I mean, I assume Michael, I still cares a lot about innings limits and yeah. with his young star. And so I think they'll need to come up with creative things to have him skip starts or piggyback. Uh, if you're not, if you're not spending the everything to win this year, then you're, that means you're also not, Giving up your star's arm in order to win this year, either. Yeah, no, you're not doing that. He's and, Michael is too slow and deliberate, like we just talked about for him to do that. Yeah, right. And when you look at the way this pitching's going, they had John Means on. Uh, what was the first game? Friday. Pre-game, he was throwing. He threw a bullpen session in Camden Yards earlier that day before the game. They're preparing for John Means to come back in a few weeks. Yeah, John Means is going to come back again. Maybe in the rotation, maybe in the bullpen. Again, another guy with an innings limit. 
you're gonna do some juggling here over the next two months. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with um, Grayson starts one week and then gets you know an extra off day or two, and you throw a Cole Irvin in there, and you move someone else to the pen if you need to. If they need to get a little creative with it, I'm good. I, I, I was surprised when he was up here, and I'm watching him. I'm, just, I'm not watching him. I'm just looking at the stat book for the minors. Like he, when Grayson was up here, I thought he would be like on you know a 75 pitch a 75 pitch limit. But when he was up here, if you look at his pitches thrown, um, he threw, and I'll just go through them real quick, 83 pitches. And then his second start, he threw 99, then 93, 92, 91. So they're working up to a full. 77, he was really bad. 101, um, 79, 91, 83. So he's throwing in the 90s consistently when he was here, which I was surprised they let him throw so many pitches knowing, you know, I don't know how many pitches he has in him and you want to keep him fresh for the playoffs. So I'm really curious to see how they handle the pitches and innings limits of for Grace Marikas. And innings limits is probably is is probably a, a little bit deceptive too with Grayson because a lot of these starts where he threw 90 innings, where he threw 90 pitches, he was only going three and four innings because he struggled here. Um, and so the innings might be less concerning than the amount of pitches he's thrown in those innings. And I'm just curious to see how they handle Grayson Rodriguez the second half of the year. Yeah, and it's they've been very clear that there's no innings limit on Grayson. They've said that multiple times. This they season. say it. Yeah, I don't believe it, but they say it. Well, I think that I think there's not an innings limit. Inning limit. Right. They don't. There's a, a specific pitch, number. But I think there's a pitch limit, and I think they say, "Oh yeah, there's not an inning limit." Yeah. But when Grayson's hitting 100 pitches in the fifth inning, they're going to pull him. Well, and I'm and I'm talking like through the whole season, like oh, a total and end like game total innings or total pitches thrown throughout the entire season, and maybe there's not a specific number in mind, but I think they want to hold him. Yeah, I don't think they want him to throw twice as many innings as he did last year. Right, right. I don't think so. No, I I would I agree, I agree. I don't think they'd push it too far. All right. So it will, I guess we'll wait and see how they use them. Um, and we'll see. Um, so, real quick, Jack, out of here. The if you're the Orioles, yeah. Do you think we need to upgrade? Like, what would you do if you're GM? What would your top priorities be I, to upgrade this team next yeah, two weeks? We're two weeks out. Yeah. Um, if Grayson pitches well tomorrow, let's say uh, six innings, two run ball. Okay. Uh, I would be shocked, and I would love it, but I'd be shocked. All right, so I'm I'm setting that. I would I'm take saying, five innings, three runs. But I'm go saying, ahead with your I'm six saying if two. Grayson goes six two, okay, we don't do anything. Oh, it's all on tomorrow's start. It's all. I'm just saying. No, I'm saying it's then going to change constantly. I'm saying at this moment, I'd be okay without making a move because I think Cole Irvin helps your middle relief. I think John Means coming helps your middle relief. I think, I think DL Hall might have died in Sarasota. I don't. I think that's. I think that's an interesting story. He was supposed to be part of this team. He was supposed to be making a big impact right now. At this point, yeah, he I, he, he would. Uh, that that that's the missing bullpen piece that you need. It is. It's DL Hall, but he's not here. He's not. Um, so I think, I don't know if I do anything because I don't want to give up that farm. Yeah, and, and I pitchers think, are expensive. Teams do not want to give up pitchers, and I don't want a rental pitcher. If I'm bringing a, a pitcher, I'd like him to be here a few years. Yeah, and that's going to be expensive, and I'm not ready to do that. Uh, and I can get into the playoffs with this with this team as is. You are telling me I have a what was it, eighty percent chance? Eighty three, yeah, eighty three percent chance to make the playoffs. I'm not doing anything. Okay, and, what and we're. We're, we're, yeah, I'm not. We're we're just at different points in this. I'm first of all, I'm not looking for anything long term with these relievers. I'm looking for short term relationships. I think I can handle all the long term stuff. Um, I'm just not ready for a long term commitment. But are you ready to give up long term options for the short term? Absolutely, because short terms aren't short term bullpen help is not that expensive. We okay. got freaking Cole Irvin right. and all his. All right, so you're looking for, at you're looking at middle relief. Not yeah, a I have less. The only- confidence, Josh, I have less confidence than you do in Cole Irvin just being able to seamlessly slide into middle relief and be effective. Okay. I, I want I want Cano and Batista to not be available 
and to know that we have a guy in there who can get a save, who can shut who can shut a team down. So I'm looking for one or two, one or two really strong, elite back end, middle to back end bullpen arms. So you're looking for another guy that could be a closer on 20 teams who is now a setup guy. Well, maybe, yeah, yeah, or a closer on a, a guy who is a closer on, you know, one of the six bad teams. Okay. <laughs> and, All right. and, and, and he can be our seventh inning guy or something. Um, but I just think I don't have a lot of confidence in Brian Baker. I don't have a lot of confidence in Nick Vespi. I think that's an area that this team can quickly and easily get a lot better. And I don't have a lot of confidence that Dean Kramer or Cole Irvin can just move or John Means can just be in that role and be successful as a guy we can get at the trade deadline. You but I don't it. want long term rentals because A, they're more expensive. B, relievers are good from year to year. So just give me a guy who's good this year and I'll figure it out for next year. You do make an interesting point about middle relief because. Well, you saw it today. When, because when, they're cheap and we saw yeah, yeah. today as well. When we don't have Canoe and Brad. I mean, I we keep thinking, and what happens. Right. I, I always think of making big moves like a starting pitcher or a big bat. And I don't think this team's at a point that they're ready to do that. I would be okay with an Eduardo, Eduardo Rodriguez, a guy on expiring contract from a bad team who's looking, who's motivated to 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 move him. If he's if cheap. we can get him for the right price, yeah. If he's cheap, my fear is that there's everybody wants starting pitching, so starting pitching's always overpriced. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it might be, but there's a lot of feel like starting pitchers in the market right now, and if we can find the right matchup. Um, you know, if someone's All interested right. in a, in a Urias or a Mountcast or something, if we can find the right matchup, I think we can um, we can make a deal there as well. But um, certainly it had to be for the right price. But I think at the minimum, well, I bet we can get a really farm, Har- a strong I, farm. I bet we could get Hunter Harvey for a bag of balls. Yeah, that's, I think Hunter Harvey would be a nice addition. Pat, to our, I think our bullpen cash, cash considerations put Hunter Harvey in your bullpen. Nationals aren't doing anything. No, the Nationals will trade all their bullpen arms. Um, so I think that's I think it'll cost more than a ball, bag of balls, but I think that that's a move we, we could do. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what's what's Josh Hader's contract looking like. Um, how expensive is he? Is he he's a free agent after this year? I think right. So if we bring in Josh Hader and Hunter Harvey, I would call it a complete success of a trade deadline and purchase my World Series tickets. All right, let's see. Um, and bring back a former Oriole and a former Baltimore boy. Two two former Orioles. Let's let's get it right. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I was. Let's see. Josh Hader's current stats. I mean, he just wasn't he just traded to the Padres like last year. Yeah. Okay. All right, and they overpaid yeah, was, for him. Yeah, he was with Milwaukee, and Milwaukee right, traded, and traded him for him some to the reason. Padres. Yeah, and he actually struggled for a while with the Padres right when he got there last year, but he's been better this year, I'm pretty he's sure. Got, oh, he's got a 1.03 ERA. Yeah, how does that sound? That sounds expensive. Okay, Josh. Oh, my gosh, Josh. Josh. What do you, what do you think? What would you, have, what would you have to trade for Josh Hader? To me, it sounds like you'd have to give up some of these guys that we are counting on filling into our outfield in the future. Listen, as long as it doesn't involve Holiday, Kerstead, Mayo, I think am I missing anybody in there? As long as it doesn't involve Holiday, Norby? Kerstead, and Mayo. Norby, you ready to trade Norby? Yes, I'm ready to trade Norby. Where, where's Norby going to play? Right. Ortiz, you ready to trade yes, Ortiz? Yes, I'm ready to trade Ortiz. Where's Ortiz going to play? Package those uh, two. Give me Josh Hader. Boom, done. Thanks. Deal. All right. Let's shake all on right. you. And the Padres should do it because we have some studs in this farm system. Ortiz should be a short shortstop somewhere, and he could be really good. But we have Gunner at short. Yeah, all and right. We have Holiday who's coming at short. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'd gladly take Hater. All right. I just don't want to. I'm just not ready to give up the farm at this point. I I just I don't like. There's not a spot for Norby. Ortiz, we've already been through this. We tried Ortiz. There's not a spot. Kyle Stowers, I think he could be good. There's not a spot. Yeah. I mean, these I are Triple think- A guys. Who right. I think are majorly ready, but we just don't have spots for them. But don't you think we also have some veterans that don't need to be on this team anymore? Not many. Who? Who? Frazier had two home runs the other day. You you want to get <laughs> yeah, rid of but, a power hitting guy in the in the, in uh-huh. the nine hole? And, yeah, yeah. I want to get rid of Frazier and O'Hearn. Okay, no, I see. And I, I want I both. Know of you them. love O'Hearn. I love O'Hearn. Um, I think he's been a godsend, and and, and Frazier is actually I'm okay with Frazier. He annoys me you, sometimes. I'd probably rather have Ortiz out there. 
but I think call, he's a locker room guy, and I'm I'm okay with with. Did you just with, call O'Hearn a godsend? Yeah, absolutely. Josh, okay. where would we be without Ryan O'Hearn? We Ryan Mountcastle goes down. Santander goes to first, and now we have an extra outfield spot that should okay. be go to a guy like Stowers, yeah. but instead McKenna would hang around. Okay, th- 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 this is your kind of daily time. I thought we went over this last time, but I can bring it up again, where you just need to use the Google machine, type in Ryan O'Hearn's name, and look at the kid's stats. All right? Look at his batting average, look at his OPP, look what he's doing offensively. Um, yeah, you just need to look at his numbers, because I think if you look at his numbers, you will all right. take back and apologize um, for all the, all the bad things you said about him. All right, uh, let's see. Ryan O'Hearn. Not to mention another, Today, like another left-handed at, a bat, bat, batter that we need. Another right. left-handed bat. O'Hearn today three at bats, nothing. <laughs> Yesterday one at bat, nothing. Friday two at bats, two hits. Uh, July 9th, two at bats, nothing. July eighth, four at bats, one hit. Uh, July seventh, three at bats, zero hits. Let's see. Uh, you know when the last time he got two hits in a game? When, Josh? I don't know because this screen doesn't go back that far. You, and you know what's remarkable about all that? He's still batting over 300. I know. He's 303. I see the 303 batting average. Clearly, I'm leaning on the fact that he has 37 strikeouts this season. But he does have 44 hits. So, yeah. I get it. But explain to me why Ryan O'Hearn who has been his entire career a low 200 hitter is now batting over 3. No, I don't trust that. Well, Josh, it's the same way. Next you're going to same way you were trying to convince me Jorge Mateo is this amazing player in April. Well, I mean and and it's the same way that um Adam Frazier has what his career high was 10 home runs and now he has I think 11. Yeah. Already. Um it's it's that yeah. kind of it's that kind of nonsense. You're saying it's the uh, you're saying it's the Oriole effect, but the difference is Adam Frazier is batting 240 this year. Last year he batted 238. Year before that 267. He's he's his batting average is the same. He got extra power. All right, so he got some extra power. Maybe he's playing in some smaller ballparks. I haven't seen how many of his home runs were home versus away. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm not saying that Ryan O'Hearn is the key that makes his offense run. Yeah, but he's a godsend. Well, but but he is, I think, I mean, I, I put him in the same league as, well, as a Danny Coulomb, where it was just, you didn't think that he would at all be a part of this team. And he turned out to be a really kind of get you through some times where you needed him. No, I agree with that. And I, do. I don't know if, you know, if the, if the first game of the playoffs – if Ryan O'Hearn is in the starting rotation, or if he's if he's in the in the dugout, um, and I don't know if Danny Coolum pitches in you know in a key spot in a playoff game, but but I do know that we're not sitting where we're sitting without these two players. No, I agree with you. I I wish we didn't have to rely on Ryan O'Hearn, but Ryan Mountcastle was not putting up these type of numbers. So I get that. I well, understand. Then, yeah, yeah, the injury. Um, yeah. And it's, no. it, and it, it it's um, and by the he's way, a, I just googled for the, the the definition of God's, godsend. Just to be clear, here's the definition. Good. Good. I'm Josh. glad you looked it up because that's definitely the name of today's episode. Okay, here's the definition, and tell me if this does not describe Ryan O'Hearn. Let me read the definition okay. according to Dictionary.com, and you tell me if this does not describe Ryan O'Hearn. A very helpful or valuable <laughs> person. All right. There it is. Right, godsend. <laughs> there it is. You can buy your Godsend shirts over on BerlinSports.com. Ryan O'Hearn has been a Godsend. Very helpful. Godsend. Very helpful and valuable. All right. All right. I'm on it. Godsend. All right. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, this is um this has been a really good season, Josh. It's been a really fun season. Um, it's just July. And you gotta we gotta remind people it's July. There is we still got the rest of July, August, September. You got a lot of baseball left to play. Baseball is a freaking emotional roller coaster. 
right now we're riding a high we're, we're definitely it. in that we're definitely in that pinch me mode now yeah um but it's a long season so uh-huh. but I'm, I'm enjoying every second of it it's like this team is must watch baseball or when you're driving must listen to with my man scott garceau like we're at that point um and so i'm just we're enjoying the ride i'm going to tomorrow's uh-huh. game i'm pumped about it and yeah this is a so fun fun season right we're no ocean gate is that what you're saying to go back to your titanic reference from earlier today ocean gate yeah that's a sub that blew up uh, oh that imploded they imploded you know that yeah. looked like everything was I, all good that, yeah that reference went over and my then, head i see that um but uh, we should we're, we're past the hour mark we should have wrapped the show up yeah yeah it's too soon for a joke like that I, you can do titanic because it's been a couple years um, all right, so Titanic works. Yeah, but, right. but we are no Titanic. That's the point. We're not. This is not a Titanic hey, hey, situation. Hey. Have you watched the show on Netflix about the plane that that Malaysian plane that disappeared? No. Is there a show about that? There's a documentary that I've had three people in the past week recommend it to me. Oh, what's it called? I don't know. It's called I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Three people. Is that about? Is that like a, a preview of what happened to the plane? I don't three know. People so it's called I don't this know. week have said asked me about them if I've seen the documentary about. Uh, the the air the airplane that disappeared. No, but no, I'll, I'll check it out. Um, I haven't watched any TV in a while with the traveling, but I'll I'll check it out. Check that out. All right, let's wrap this thing. And get out of here. This is a good episode. I'm I'm feeling good about this team. It's more excitement for tomorrow, um, and hopefully when we talk next week, um, after a tough stretch, right? This is it. We got Dodgers Tampa Bay. This is going to be an interesting. In a week of baseball, Dodgers and Tampa Bay. Be curious to see where we're sitting. Josh, are we in first place a week from today after we're playing the Dodgers and Tampa Bay? I, this weekend, we're in Tampa. Yeah, Saturday. we're going to the game this I weekend can't on wait. Saturday. I hope that's the game there. We're either in first place already or we take it on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I want to I wanna either we're one game up or a tied situation happening on that yeah. Saturday. Day. Hey, uh, if anyone's looking to go on Saturday, I might have an extra ticket. So hit, hit me up. All right. You'd have to sit with us. But... It's MH370, the plane that disappeared. That's okay, the name I'll check of the movie. Out. I'm going to watch it as well. Yeah. I also, this week, Matt, as we're wrapping up, yeah. I finally finished Fairy Tale. Oh, you did? Good. So we could have book talk in the future if the yeah. Orioles ever suck. I don't think I even remember that book anymore because it's been so long since I, I read it. But good. I'm glad you finished it. I know. It. Guys that stuck with us through the rebuild remembers we used to have to talk about books and movies and stuff. To get through really bad baseball. Yeah. Now we just rolled into this and we don't need it. We're like, we've been talking baseball all day. I know. And there's other like life updates in, 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 in your, in your life that we can get to. Too. I know. Look at all these empty shelves. Yeah. And my weekend's been putting bobbleheads in boxes and stuff. Yep. I, I really want to know what your new studio plan is, but uh, we'll talk I'll, about that in another episode. I'll give you a hint. Air conditioning. My favorite <laughs> thing I'm looking forward to for my new studio. My current one's in the garage without air. Yeah. I got air conditioning in the new house. That's an upgrade. Yeah. All right. So, all right uh, let's get out of here. Everyone, go over to our Discord. We've got the bonus episode with uh, Bert's List over there. You can check it out. Uh, let me know what you think of it because I hope I posted it right and people are listening to it because I'm still learning Discord as well. Yeah, we got a bunch and, of people joined D- Discord. So it's, join been the fun fun. Over there. it's been fun to interact with people and stuff on there during the game. It's free. You can find the link on our social medias. Yep. Um, you can still follow us on Twitter, though, because we're still on Twitter. We haven't left yes. Twitter.com yet. No. But way more active in the Discord. I'm kind of trying to be, like, responsive when people are in there conversing. Yeah. And I've been traveling a lot, so I haven't been as responsive, but... We'll get you in um, yeah. But I've been in there still more than I've been on Twitter. All right. You're going to be at the game tomorrow night? Yeah. Monday night? Yeah. I'll be at tomorrow night's game. Sitting uh, in some good seats. Uh, you know, that upgrade the seats a little bit for, for tomorrow. You moving to the bird bath? No, we're in section 39. Where's that? That's lower level. That's lower level right underneath the press box. All right. Oh, all right. That's nice. Yeah, dad's really excited for the Dodgers. <laughs> I, why? It goes back to his childhood. 19, all right. Yeah. All right. I'll get it. Well, I'm excited for Tampa next week. All right, you you be excited for Tampa. Yep. Um, 
And my dad would be excited for the 1966 reenactment that he hopes to witness. (laughs) All right. I hope so. Yeah. Um, All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. Oh, also, go to iTunes and write us a review if you haven't. So we can get some more five-star positive reviews in there. Help the show. Hey, I tried this week to post the Jonah Heim episodes. Oh, yeah. I don't have them. I've got like 50 episodes of our 500-some that I'm missing, maybe 40 episodes, and the both Jonah Heim episodes are missing. Oh so my. if someone happens to have old copies of Section 336, especially those like 100 to 200 episodes, hit me up. I need some help. I've got some holes. All right. Helps Josh fill those holes. And you can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's.